Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. You don't normally hear from me on a Tuesday, but I just had to because over in the Primal Potential Facebook group, we've been having some conversations about a particular sciencey thing. And I just had to, I had to dive deeper. And sometimes that's tougher to do on social media, especially because only like 1% of people see your posts. And many of you have mentioned uh, that you miss the sciency episodes, as so many of you call them. Back in the day, back in 2014, when this podcast started, most of the episodes were science-based. But you kind of get to a point where it's like, I've already talked about that. <laughs> you know, and that's I'm like, yeah, we have covered insulin, cortisol, leptin, metabolism and all sorts of variations thereabout. We've talked about toxins. We've talked about saturated fat, cholesterol. Like, you know, we, we kind of have covered it. So I always want to be sure that if I'm covering something that I've covered before, I'm doing it in a different way. And when it comes to science, there's not always a million ways you can cover it. You know what I mean? However, today, this is something that I still run into people not understanding and not taking seriously. And I believe, I know that if people did understand and did take it seriously, well, heck, if they understood, they would take it seriously. And I feel a real responsibility to help because what we're going to talk about today is something that we have primary control over. Total control? No. But major control? Absolutely. And it is so important. It is so misunderstood. And I know that as I do my part in helping you understand this and helping you take this seriously, you're going to do something about it. And it's going to mean that you're going to be healthier. And as a result of being healthier, you're going to feel happier. Depressions will lift, anxieties will lift, along with so many other things. Weight problems. Weight problems will change, will go away. I'm telling you right now, this is huge. So what we're going to talk about today impacts cognitive health in many, many ways. It impacts mood in many, many ways, metabolism, appetite, body fat storage, body fat gain, cancer, and the fact that we can do something about it just means we need to talk about it a little bit more. 
So today we're going to talk about inflammation. And for some reason, I just had like the urge to make up a song about inflammation, and that tells me that 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 is what I do with Roman all day long. Do you know how many insane songs that I have made up for this child? Because he loves music, and he loves, and we're going off on a rabbit trail, but I just literally wanted to be like, inflammation. <laughs> it's just super annoying, and I apologize. Like, I thought about it, and then I stopped, and then I did it anyway. <sighs> what can you do? What can you do? Okay. When I first say the word inflammation, I think a lot of people think about pain. Like if I have inflammation in my joints, they're uncomfortable. Or maybe uh, bloating or swelling. But I need you to know, I'm just praying people didn't skip this episode because of the title. I feel like so much pressure to title it in a way that people will listen because this is so freaking important and I want you to hear it. I want you to listen all the way through and I want you to share it because we can just... Make such a change. Okay. Yes, inflammation is involved in joint pain most of the time and in headaches a lot of the time. But inflammation is so much more than that. And also, let me start with this. Inflammation isn't bad. In and of itself, inflammation is actually really good. Inflammation is our body's first line of defense in, in, in the immune process. That's important. However, we have screwed it up badly by the way that we eat, what we eat, how much we eat, stress, lack of sleep, exposure to toxins, so many things. And so many of us are dealing with chronic inflammation and Many of us have no idea that we are dealing with chronic inflammation. No idea. Let me tell you a little story, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit later. When I, gosh, what year was it? 2015, maybe 2016, somewhere in there. I just felt a little off. And, and I chalked it up to life changes. I had moved out of North Carolina, where I had been for like 16 years, back to New England. I had uh, had a breakup. My first marriage ended. All of these things were happening that were really significant. And I was like, well, I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed. And, you know, we ignore things. And it turned out that I had all of these hormonal issues that I had never had before. And so, of course, the doctor's first line of, of defense there was like, well, let's medicate you. It started with some thyroid things. Let's medicate you. But me being the annoying person that I am a lot of the times, I was like, well, wait, wait, wait. I'm not against that. I'm not saying no to prescription medications, but I want to know what is this coming from? And they're like, oh, well, age and life changes and this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, but I can't get any younger. And I refuse to accept that just because I'm getting older, all of a sudden something's wrong in my body. Like, no. So we did a whole bunch more testing and they found inflammation in my brain. I didn't have headaches. I wasn't having trouble focusing. I, didn't, I wasn't in any pain of any kind. And I share that with you because that systemic inflammation that I didn't even know was there was causing all sorts of other problems that I would not have tied together. I didn't feel it and I never would have guessed it. And most people right now and I know this just from looking at statistics of disease and statistics of weight issues and statistics of, you know, the standard American diet. 
statistics around supplementation and how many people supplement and what kind of supplements are most common. I know and will stand on this hill and die here that most of us have an excess of inflammation and most of us don't know it. Or we think like, oh, well, it's just because I'm overweight that my knees hurt or I have headaches because I look at a screen all day or you feel freaking fine. But the reason that I get so passionate about this is not only the impact that it has on weight and hunger and appetite and cravings and metabolism and mood, anxiety, depression, gut health, all of these things, but also because inflammation is the starting point for just about every disease that we know of. Diabetes, inflammation. Cancer, inflammation. Depression, inflammation. Heart disease, inflammation. Now, that doesn't mean it's the only factor, but it is a driving factor. There can absolutely be genetic factors. But before you say, well, no, 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 so-and-so has this because of genetics, let's take a pause here and talk about genetics for a second. And I've done a full episode on this. If you go to primalpotential.com and you search epigenetics, E-P-I, genetics, one word, you'll understand it better. But our genes do not tell us what will happen to our health and our bodies because of something referred to as epigenetics. And epigenetics is essentially the equivalent of a dimmer switch. If you have a dimmer switch on your lights, with that dimmer switch, you can turn it on or off, but also you can turn it up or down. And epigenetics is the same thing. Epigenetics is the way that we turn gene expression on or off. So if you have a genetic marker for something, you can turn off the expression of that gene or on the expression of that gene. You can turn up the expression of that gene or you can turn it down. And the epigenetic variables are things like stress, sleep, diet, exercise, body composition, all of these things, nutrient status, So genes are a factor, yes, but we have control through our lifestyle to a tremendous extent over the expression of our genes, okay? So I want to talk about inflammation, but I want everybody understanding that this is not about headaches, this is not about joint pain, though what we're going to talk about today applies to those things. And it doesn't just apply to you if something is wrong. If you feel great, this still applies to you. In fact, if you want to continue staying great, you really need to pay attention to this, okay? We're going to talk about a few different categories. And so I want you to stick with me, even like we're going to start talking about body composition, body fatness, and and things that connect to inflammation there. And if you're listening and you're like, I don't have a weight problem, you could if you don't control inflammation. Even if you change nothing about your diet, You could. So many people think that, oh, as I got older, I put on weight and we chalk it up to to hormones and we chalk it up to aging. But I'm telling you right now, a lot of it has to do with the accumulated inflammation over time that you didn't do anything about. And so if you're thinking, gosh, I'm 55 years old, I've hardly changed my lifestyle, the weight is coming on, I'm telling you right now that if you get your inflammation in check, you might see that turn around. In fact, you probably will. So we're going to talk about weight. We're going to talk about brain health. We're going to talk about depression and anxiety. We're going to talk about gut health. And even if this is not an issue for you now, you need to listen because if you do nothing about the inflammation happening in your body, most of which you probably cannot feel and do not know you have, these could be your problems in the future. 
not to scare you, just being real. Doesn't scare me because when we know better, we can do better, right? Okay, there's different markers of inflammation throughout our body. So there's certain things that we're like, okay, if this is elevated, that is in response to inflammation. Does that make sense? And if at any point I say something that doesn't make sense, message me and I'll clarify. Just don't message me on Facebook because Facebook's weird about showing you messages from people you're not friends with on Facebook. DM me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton or email me or post it in the Primal Potential Facebook group. Okay, so there's certain things that are what we call markers of inflammation. And when these things are elevated, it means that inflammation is present and maybe excessive. So cytokines are one of those. And don't worry, you don't have to remember this word, just bear with me. So when we have uh, these high levels of certain types of cytokines, it means that there's an increase in inflammation. Inflammatory cytokines predict future weight gain. So for all of you that are like, fortunately for me, I don't have a weight problem. You could moving forward if you let this inflammation go unchecked, okay? When, now I don't really tend to love rat and animal, uh, animal studies, except for when they are for, then proven out in human studies. And the impact of inflammation on weight gain and insulin resistance is proven out in human studies. So I'm only gonna refer to any kind of animal study if it has been proven out in humans. So in science, they have taken normal weight mice and they've basically injected into them these inflammatory cytokines, these markers of inflammation. And not only does it cause weight gain, it causes insulin resistance. And insulin resistance is often kind of a, it's sort of cart before the horse. Like, am I overweight because I'm insulin resistant? Am I insulin resistant because I'm overweight? Kind of both, right? So not only as it related to weight problems, but also insulin resistance. And another way that I like to refer to being insulin resistant is being carb sensitive. Okay, so if you are one of those people who feels like, I just can't do carbs because if I do cravings, hunger, weight gain, puffiness, bloating, blah, 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 I'm telling you, a lot of that comes from inflammation. It's not necessarily the way you are. In fact, I would say it's probably not the way you are. It's a sign of inflammation in your body. And we're going to talk more about the weight thing. Depression. Depression is a symptom of inflammation. A lot of people think of depression as a cause, like it's a cause of all these other things. Depression is a symptom of inflammation. So when we see inflammation, especially inflammation in the brain, we see depression. Inflammation leads to allergies. Inflammation leads to asthma, sleep issues, gut issues, thyroid issues, adrenal issues, fertility issues, big stuff, big stuff. Now, sometimes illness is triggered by illness or injury, okay? And sometimes it, it goes away. If I get stung by a bee, and my finger gets a little bit inflamed. That's a protective mechanism. There's nothing wrong with that. And, that. and that might go away. Sometimes, though, these things become chronic. They're lifestyle things that caused a little bit of inflammation, and the lifestyle continued, and the inflammation continued. Or it's one little thing after another that what is meant to be 
an acute response becomes a chronic response. It is protective. Inflammation is protective until it goes on overdrive and becomes overreactive. And when we talk about the things that drive inflammation, and we're going to get there, things like sugar, things like certain kinds of oils in your diet, toxic exposure, stress, lack of sleep, we're going to get there. But it's going to be easy for you to see why this becomes a chronic problem in the body. And I don't want anybody hearing this freaking out, going like, oh my gosh, what's happening inside me that I don't know about? Because the entire point of this episode is to tell you what can happen with inflammation But you know for sure we're going to talk about what you can do about it. And there are a lot of things that you can do about it. And you don't have to start with all of them. I don't currently tackle all of them right now. I think at times I certainly have. But with a five-month-old, my meditation game is not strong right now. It is not strong right now, even though I know that that can help lower my inflammatory response. Okay, so just high-level overview here. And then we're going to get a little specific. Inflammation not only slows fat loss, it leads to weight gain, specifically body fat gain and insulin resistance. That can mean more cravings, more hunger, less satiety or feelings of fullness. Inflammation, of course, can cause pain. It can also lead to diabetes. Inflammation is associated with lower energy levels, brain fog, trouble focusing. And see, you can, even as I say these things, so many people say like, oh, well, it's a hormonal issue. Well, instead of then just jumping on a prescription drug, and look, there's a time and a place for that. I took um, Synthroid, a thyroid medication when I was pregnant with Roman because I had a, I had a hormonal issue. But I think we would be way better off. I know we would be way better off if we were saying, okay, Now I understand that it's inflammation that is causing these these hormonal issues, so maybe I need to medicate for a little while or perhaps not at all, but I also need to reduce the systemic inflammation in my body, and then problem solved. Okay, so we left off at decreased energy, brain brain fog, trouble focusing, impacting sex drive and fertility, uh, sleep issues, migraines, acne, digestive issues, and all sorts of GI stuff. Like we could spend an hour talking about just GI issues. It also increases cholesterol. Inflammation increases cholesterol. And it impairs blood flow. And that can lead to a whole host of issues. A whole host of issues. Including like things that we would consider mild. Slower recovery from exercise. Like I used to bounce back, now I feel like I'm sore for days. Inflammation. You hear the baby? I have the monitor on low. Don't worry, Chris is upstairs with him. He's okay. Trust me, I would stop this and go upstairs because I can't stand to hear my baby cry. Okay, so let's break down the, um, the body fat side of things first and understand that it works both ways. So if you are overweight and then you become chronically inflamed and you don't necessarily feel it, you don't necessarily know it, fat loss can be accelerated and fat loss, I'm sorry, fat gain can be accelerated and fat loss can be inhibited. But also as a lean individual, if you have chronic inflammation, you can be walking down a path to weight gain. Okay. Here's what we need to understand about body fat. And I've talked about this on the podcast, but it's been a while. Your body fat is an active endocrine organ. It is not inert. A lot of people think that body fat is just a cosmetic issue and that the extra weight burdens your system and that's the only problem. That is a problem, right? It absolutely taxes your body. But 
It's so much more than that. Your fat becomes an active endocrine organ, meaning it produces hormones. It manufactures hormones. It also, your body fat also creates inflammation. And that makes fat loss harder. Inflammation can begin in your fat cells themselves. As your fat mass expands or increases, as we get fatter, we put on more body fat, inflammation increases. As I was like going back through this information, notes from years ago when I first started the podcast, I was like, now I understand why my knees started hurting when I was pregnant. I attributed it solely to body weight. And that's the problem. That's why I get so fired up about this. I know you can tell that I'm fired up. So many people just, oh, well, my knees hurt because I'm overweight. Okay, true. Weight loss can help with joint pain, but also chronic inflammation. So as I put on body fat in my pregnancy, yes, the extra weight does put more load on the knees for sure, but my knees started killing me. And I understand that as I put on more fat, that fat was creating inflammation. As your fat mass expands, inflammation increases. Now, one of the really interesting things that kind of impacts the brain and body fatness, when our brain is inflamed, and remember I told you they found this um, in me when I was really pushing very, very hard on some hormonal challenges I was having back in like 2015, 2016, when you have inflammation in your brain, and we're going to talk more about inflammation in the brain, that causes leptin resistance. Leptin is one of our hormones, and leptin plays a role in satiety or feelings of fullness, okay? When we are resistant to leptin, we don't have the same kind of turn off hunger mode. And that's why so many people feel like I can eat and then I want to eat again. Or for certain foods, I don't seem to, like we don't have that turn off function. If you have perfectly functioning hormones like leptin and ghrelin, binging doesn't really become a problem because you, you have a, like a shut off, an automatic shut off. Like I don't need more fuel. This is uncomfortable. I don't want it. And it's not only... A lot of people think of this as like a physical fullness, but it's not. It's, a, it's more of a satiety, like I'm, I'm satisfied, I don't want more. The drive is turned off. The drive to eat is turned off when hormones like leptin and ghrelin are, are, are functioning ideally as they should be. Not turned off permanently, but turned off when we've had enough to eat. When we have inflammation in the brain, which again, most of the time we don't even know is there, but I'm telling you because of lifestyle, it absolutely is for most of us, it causes leptin resistance. So our body is no longer getting those satiety signals. And leptin resistance is oftentimes a precursor for insulin resistance. And that's a big problem, not only for things like diabetes, but also for weight gain, and, all, and a whole host of, of circulatory issues and, and um, like arterial vascular problems. When we talk about calming an overactive inflammatory response, I just want to reiterate that minimizing inflammation in the body is for longevity. It's also for mental health. We, I mean, I don't think anybody would come at me and argue the fact that we have a mental health crisis 
in this country. And there are many, many things that play into part. We we should do a science-based episode on that. But it's a matter of our diet. It's a matter of our overall less than stellar health. It's a matter of social media. It's a matter of like, you, you name it, so many things. We have a responsibility to manage inflammation on our bodies to help with all of these things, okay? This applies to you even if you don't have a known issue because most of the time, it's not a known issue. Like, yes, maybe you have joint pain. That's great. But I don't want you to think that that's all that there is. When I, um, I shared on several episodes of the podcast how when my knees were bothering me towards the end of my pregnancy and even after I delivered Roman, we take this, um, we take this supplement that helps lower inflammation throughout the body. And, and my husband, Chris, loves to take it when he has a headache because that's an inflammatory thing and it helps his headaches. And he kept saying, like, take it, take it, take it. And I don't know why. I, I th- well, though, no, I do know why. Is because I thought it was just weight related and I didn't think, I thought it was a pressure issue, not an inflammation issue. And I put it off and I put it off and I put it off, even though my knees were killing me. Like small things, carrying the baby up the stairs, taking myself up the stairs. Three days, three days of taking it, my pain was gone. And, and I share that because what struck me wasn't, oh geez, it's inflammation related. What struck me was it's amazing that I can feel the effect of lower inflammation in my knees, but what is happening that I don't feel, right? It's, it, when I take this, and there's tons of ways to reduce inflammation. This is just one of the ones that I added that made such a big difference. When I take this, it doesn't know like go to the knee, reduce inflammation in the knee. It works systemically. So what was it doing in my brain that I couldn't feel necessarily or my arteries and veins that I couldn't feel necessarily, or my gut that I couldn't feel necessarily. And that gets me really excited. It really does. Obviously, I'm sure you can tell. So let's talk about the brain. Chronic inflammation, which can come from stress. It can come from diet. It can come from lack of sleep. It can come from toxic exposure in the foods that we eat or the air that we breathe or the water that we drink or the products that we use around our house or on our skin. It actually, this inflammation breaks down the blood-brain barrier. It literally breaks down the blood-brain barrier. I don't even need to say anymore for, I, I think you understand that's like a really bad thing. And when that happens, these, these cytokines that I mentioned, these inflammatory, these markers of inflammation, they get into your brain's circulatory system. And then what happens is the brain, the brain knows like, oh my gosh, these markers of inflammation are here and your brain's immune response turns on. So let's, let's kind of walk that. I know that was kind of technical. So let's, let's slow down and break that down because it's very, very important. When you have chronic inflammation, which again can come from stress, illness, injury, sugar, overeating, being overweight, lack of sleep, lack of exercise, stress, any number of things. And combination obviously makes it worse. When that happens, it actually breaks down the blood-brain barrier. And when the brain recognizes, hey, these markers of inflammation are here, your brain's immune system turns on. Like it's like we have something to fight here because that's the purpose of the immune system is to protect and defend. So when you have this inflammation in your brain and your your brain is trying to fight something all the time. 
No wonder we see issues like depression and anxiety and brain fog and all of these kinds of things. The symptoms of mild, mild brain inflammation, mild brain inflammation, are things like brain fog, brain fog, kind of slow thinking, hard time processing, anxiety, depression, fatigue. Over time, and nobody panic about this because there's so much we can do. This is an episode to empower you, not to scare the shit out of you. Over time, what that looks like is breakdown of your brain. Neurodegeneration. That's a more kind word that I think doesn't panic people as much, but like literally, what is neurodegeneration? It's the breakdown of your brain. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, MS, and just in general, cognitive deficits. There's so much we can do. We're going to get there. One of the big things that um, I get really passionate to talk about, especially because over the last year and a half, I think I've had what, what I would consider a severe battle with depression. And it's because my daughter died uh, in March of 2020. Very unexpectedly, and not only that, she died at the beginning of the COVID lockdown. And that what that meant for us was just a lot less support than we thought we would have, than we wanted, than, than to be perfectly blunt, than we needed. We needed a lot more support than we got. And I've battled with depression before, especially when I was very, very overweight. And there's a link between, you know, my diet and all of that. Um, and when I say my diet, I mean what I was eating, not like crash dieting. Although that sure, surely didn't help. So I get really passionate about this because as I've talked more about my mental health challenges over the last 18 months, so many people have reached out. And I think it's even more just in the state of the world that we're in right now sharing their own battles with anxiety and depression. And a lot of people misunderstand this. You know, I've had conversations about inflammation and its role in depression, and people will say, well, is it that inflammation drives depression, or does depression drive inflammation? And the answer is both. There's a whole um, new, I guess I'll call it like a theory or school of thought, that it's actually inflammation that drives depression and that it's responsible. It's called the immune cytokine model of depression, Okay. And it says basically that depression itself is not a disease, but it's a symptom. Doesn't mean that depression's not real, so don't come at me. That's not what I'm saying. It's a symptom of inflammation in the brain. So depression is not the thing. It is the effect of the thing. And we really need to go after the thing, which is inflammation. Okay, so basically it says that it's a, it's a sign of chronic immune system activation or what we talked about, how when there's chronic inflammation, the blood-brain barrier breaks down and the brain is like in attack mode. And one of the effects of that is what we experience as depression. That doesn't mean there aren't things that contributed, but what I have realized is the amount of physical stress and emotional stress that hit me at the same time when my daughter died because I had had a C-section, I had had a tough delivery, um, and then you know, nursing and all of those changes and all of those hormonal changes, and then my daughter died. So there was this, this confluence of a physical stressor, an emotional stressor, and what that does to your brain is massive. It is massive. So there's all this research now that depression is 
basically a byproduct of this chronic inflammatory response in the brain and oxidative stress. It's huge. That's, that's, that's really important to know. Now, when we talk about antidepressant medications, SSRIs, and I am not against any of that at all, what a lot of them do is they reduce these cytokines that we were talking about, these markers of inflammation, which can make you feel better, but it doesn't stop the problem, right? So we're kind of, we're, we're kind of trying to bail water out of the boat instead of fixing the boat. Does that make sense? And this is not a statement to have you say that SSRIs are bad or anything like that. It's that we also need to fix the bottom of the boat. And when we fix the bottom of the boat, there's not as much bailing needed, if any, okay? I think that's really important. Inflammation is a driver of depression. Same with diabetes. Inflammation is a driver of diabetes and cognitive issues and body weight issues and gut issues. Everything. So let's talk about nine causes of inflammation, and then we're going to talk about solutions. Diet. Oh, too much sugar, too much processed foods, too much food in general, even if it's healthy food, is a cause of inflammation. Obesity is a cause of inflammation, and also inflammation is a cause of, diabetes, of, of obesity. Gut issues, dysbiosis. So bacterial imbalances in your gut or throughout your body, not just in your gut, is a cause of inflammation. That's why I'm obsessed with taking probiotics. I take two kinds of probiotics every single day because not only is it a huge part of inflammation, but also immunity and so many other things. Stress is a cause of inflammation, and that can be physical stress, like illness or chronic injury, and it can be emotional stress. Lack of physical exercise is a cause of inflammation. Lack of sleep. Chronic infection. Dental issues. And this can just be cavities. Or it could be more chronic underlying dental issues. Cause of inflammation. And lastly, vitamin D deficiency. The easy one to take. I take vitamin D every single day. So what do we do? Just understanding those nine causes can help us identify some places to start. Like when I say dental issues, maybe you can be a little bit more motivated to floss your teeth and brush twice a day. Vitamin D deficiency. Maybe you can say, you know what, today, I, Elizabeth has been talking about the vitamin D she takes. I'll also link to it. I can order that. It's like, I don't know, I think it's 12 bucks, something like that. Lack of sleep. I can stop watching television until 10, 30, 11, midnight. Lack of physical exercise, I can work out more. You know, diet, I can minimize sugar. So as we go through the nine causes, I believe you can find a starting point for yourself. The nine causes, diet, obesity, uh, dysbiosis or issues with gut microbiome, stress, lack of physical exercise, lack of sleep, chronic infection, dental issues, vitamin D deficiency. But we can also break it down a little more. What do we do? Lose weight. How? I've done, I don't know, 100 episodes on that, so you can dive into those. Chances are, though, you don't need more information. You know enough to lose weight, but maybe minimize sugar to start. Go listen to episode 195 of the podcast if that's something you need to do. Reduce toxic exposure. Even though toxins weren't on the list, stress was, and toxic exposure is one of the 
big stressors in our lives. So maybe that means you switch to cleaner cleaning products. And I guess when I say cleaner cleaning products, I mean things that don't have as many toxins, more natural products, um, or cleaner skincare, hair care, cosmetics, that sort of thing. Uh, not having toxins in your food. When you buy cans, BPA-free cans, or when you buy meat, you're getting grass-fed organic. Doesn't mean you have to start there, but those are some examples of what that would look like. Minimize processed foods in your diet. You don't have to eliminate them completely, but start by minimizing. Exercise. Get outside. Go for a walk. Don't talk yourself out of exercise because you don't want to buy a Peloton or you don't want to go to CrossFit. Go outside and walk. Today, I literally sat and did a workout in my living room while the baby was awake with a 20-pound medicine ball. Was it perfect? No. Did I stop 65 times? Yes. Was it my best workout? No. Was it probably one of my worst 10? Maybe. <laughs> good, good argument for that. But something is better than nothing. Get more sleep or get better sleep. Black out your room. Don't have your phone on. Cover any lights that are in there. Turn down the temperature. Stop watching TV instead of sleeping. I'm going to say that one again. Stop watching TV instead of sleeping. Take care of your teeth. Brush, floss, then do it again. And from the supplement side of things, I love this because it's the easiest one of them all <laughs> from my perspective, right? Like even on the days where I, I have the sugar and I don't work out and I've been stressed out and I didn't get enough sleep, like I have a five-month-old, there's not a lot of sleep happening for me, I can take my supplements you know, and there are crappy supplements out there and things I wouldn't recommend, but they're also really great ones, right? Like I've talked a ton on the podcast about Relief Plus. They actually just came out with a new and better formulation, which I'm super excited about. Actually, I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, but that's what made my knee pain go away in three days after it was bugging me for like four months. I know it works. When I have a headache and I take it, it works. It proves to me that it's lowering inflammation in my body and that means a lot to me. And I care about the stuff that I'm doing, even that I can't see and that I can't feel. So this is just, this is, to me, this one is a no-brainer because there is nothing worth spending my money on more than keeping me healthy. And even when I screw up the diet and I screw up the sleep and the stress, and I, tr I try very hard to do well in those things, I'm checking the box with those. So like the vitamin D supplement. I think the one I take is like, it's either $12 or $19, but I'll, I'll link it up in the show description. Um, eliminate gluten. I know we mentioned like cleaning up your diet, but gluten is a, is a big driver of inflammation. And for a lot of people, so is dairy. And then I mentioned certain seed oils. Do not use soybean oil, corn oil, rapeseed oil, which is the source of canola oil, uh, safflower oil, cottonseed oil. Do not use those. Minimize refined carbs. Okay. So from the supplement standpoint, the vitamin D one, I'll link it up. I take a couple of things that help me lower cortisol. Cortisol is a stress hormone and stress, whether it's hormonal or it's what any, any, from any course, it kind of drives inflammation. So adaptogens, I've done a few episodes on adaptogens, but adaptogens are things that help manage our stress response. I'm, I get stressed out. I get stressed out about work. I get stressed out about the baby. I get stressed out about my marriage. I get stressed out sometimes in traffic. I try, but sometimes I do. So taking something that's an adaptogen that helps my body not get so keyed up, like I, I, I grit my teeth when I'm a little bit frustrated. And I think of these, I can feel it. I can feel it when I take it. 
kind of takes the edge off and something might make me roll my eyes or like take a deep sigh, but it, it takes the edge off that like, you know, gr uh, gritting my teeth kind of deal. Relief Plus is the one that I've talked about and I invited a bunch of uh, the folks in the Primal Potential Facebook group to learn about the new formulation, but the I love it because I know that it works. I love it because it's one of the easiest things to do. I love it because I understand that inflammation is one of the most dangerous things in our lives. So one of the, the reason I like this particular one, it uses really, really high quality ingredients. Like most of you probably know that turmeric is an ingredient that helps to lower inflammation. However, not all turmeric is created equal. And this particular one uses a brand of turmeric that is 29, actually a little more than 29 times, but we won't go so far as to call it 30 times, over 29 times more bioavailable than other turmerics. Plus, what gets me is it has 33-0 human trials, clinical trials, and it proves not just in curcumin in general or turmeric in general, in this particular one, that it reduces muscle soreness, it reduces stress, it lowers pain, it reduces inflammation. Yes, please. I don't want to take something and spend my hard-earned money for it to not work. Um, it also has a very, very specific Boswellia that, again, has been specifically studied. Like this particular ingredient, a lot of supplement companies, they'll like give you studies from some other ingredient that has the same name, but it's not the same thing. Like that pisses me off. Um, this one has proven that it has an impact on allergies, on asthma, on your airway. And like, look, it doesn't just target those things. So while we might measure and see results there, just like when I take it, I feel my knee, my knee pain resolve. It's also working throughout the body systemically. So I love that. I love that. I'll link it up too. Um, in the show description. If you have any questions about it, let me know. But that's what we're talking about here, okay? Clean up your diet. Don't overeat. Even if you're eating clean foods, overeating is a stressor. Exercise more. Minimize stress. Or like me, try to minimize stress and also take supplements that help lower your cortisol levels. It makes a difference. Um, take a vitamin D supplement. I'm going to link it up. Take care of your teeth. I could go on and on just repeating this stuff, but this is important, guys. This is really important. If you've got questions about it, either DM me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton or head over to the Primal Potential Facebook group and let me know what your questions are and we'll break them down. If I need to do a follow-up episode, I'll do a follow-up episode, okay? Check out the show description. Otherwise, I'll chat with you soon. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.